Hey everybody, welcome. This is Joe McCall and this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, so I'm going to be starting a new series here where I'm just going to be driving in my car and talking about random thoughts. Is that crazy? Uh, But more than just random thoughts because I don't want to waste anybody's time, I want to talk about important things that relate to real estate investing, that relate to wholesaling, lease options, doing this business virtually, remotely from anywhere in the world. And so I'm hoping that I can make this educational, maybe a little entertaining, but just also kind of as a way to give back, give out some more great content and tell you kind of things that are going on in my business and clients, students, business, things like that. So um, I was thinking about this and I'm driving right now. I actually drove my daughter to preschool and I'm driving back to my home office. And so Maybe I should do these more regularly, you know. Um, and I think th- this morning I, I actually got a question in Facebook and I wanted to talk about it because I know a lot of investors and people who are just getting started think about this. Uh, should, you know, if I've got a thousand bucks and I need to get started in this business, what kind of marketing should I do? Should I do marketing for buyers? Should I go out and find buyers? Should I go out and find sellers? Should I do direct mail? Should I do Google pay-per-click? Should I go hang door hangers and knock on doors? What should I do? And this is a common question. I think, let me just give you my two cents on this. Uh, Because I've been there, done that. When I was first getting started, I did a lot of direct mail and it worked. When I was doing lease options, I actually stopped doing direct mail and was just doing Craigslist. I was just going after landlords and for sale by owners that were advertising on Craigslist. And that worked really, really well for me. So I don't know if it's an either or. I think it's a both and. In other words, I think you have to go, if you're going to go after sellers, I think you need to do direct mail. I think you need to do Google pay-per-click. I think you need to do Craigslist. You need to do all of the above. Do whatever you can. When it, the question comes, should I find buyers first or sellers first? Now, if you're talking in specifically with wholesaling, traditional wholesaling, I'm not talking about lease options, but when you're going after traditional wholesaling, I'd suggest finding buyers first. And let me just tell you a little bit about why. When I was, well, I've been doing lease options, I've been flipping lease options since 2008. And around 2012, I kind of made a small change in my business where I started doing more regular traditional wholesaling for various reasons. But the biggest reason was a lot of cash was coming back into the market. A lot of investors were coming back and wanting to buy rental properties. So I saw an opportunity there. And one of the drawbacks of flipping lease options is, you you know, you always have to find a new buyer on every deal that you get. With traditional wholesaling, you can have one buyer that buys all your properties. So you may only need three to four or five buyers that will buy all your properties. Um, so I kind of stopped doing lease options. I still did them occasionally, but my main focus was on traditional wholesaling. And I read 
Kent Clothier's book, Reverse Wholesaling. And just a big shout out to Kent Clothier. He's a friend of mine, one of my coaches and mentors, and I really, really admire him and respect him. He's come out with some incredible software, very useful and helpful stuff. So I read his book, Reverse Wholesaling, and actually um, was talking to him on the phone one time. And I knew I wanted to wholesale more tra- deals tra- in the traditional way in, um, in St. Louis, where I was. So I started focusing on finding buyers, just like he said. Basically, I, I took that, that uh, book. In fact, if you wanted to find it, um, just, just Google reverse wholesaling or go to Amazon Kindle. And I think you can find it on the Kindle device. Uh, so, But I, I just started doing what he said. I started doing marketing for buyers. And I also I hired an acquisitions manager. And the acquisitions manager and I were, we were kind of doing a little bit of seller marketing at the same time. But soon I realized we were getting deals from that, but it was a lot of work. And because we had been focusing on buyers, what we actually did is using, um, and this isn't a plug for Kent's system um, intentionally, but this is what we used and it worked really, really well. Uh, we started using Find Cash Buyers Now, and we started going into about six or eight different cities around the U.S. where I saw a lot of a turnkey going on like you know what I mean um, where somebody has a company that is doing a lot of advertising looking for investors to buy their turnkey rental properties and so at the time there were some markets where this was going on a lot of it was going on Memphis Dallas uh, Houston Indianapolis Atlanta a um, few other cities and so what I did with Find Cash Buyers Now is I went in and I looked who were all of the out-of-state buyers who were buying investment properties in those markets from outside of those states. And I got a good list of, I don't know, 500, 700, maybe 1,000, I forget. It wasn't a huge list, but I looked in the last six months who were all of the out-of-state investors that were buying properties in other states. And it was really cool. I was finding um, a great list of, of investors. And by the way, if you don't want to get Fine Cash Buyers Now, then you can you can always do this in List Source. Although Fine Cash Buyers Now makes it a lot easier. And I just used Kent's letter, basically saying, you know, hey, we are the premier real estate investing company in St. Louis, and we have a bunch of rental properties that we sell that um, can give you great returns. And I've noticed that you are an investor in the Dallas market or whatever. And if you're interested in talking with us, uh, give us a call. So I started doing that, and that's pretty much the general gist of the letter. It wasn't exactly like that. Uh, one of the things, though, I knew that was important after talking to Kent is you got to make sure that these buyers uh, can... You don't want to make them jump through a bunch of hoops to try to get to you. So on our letters, we didn't drive them to a website. We just gave them a phone number, which went to our cell phone numbers. It was my acquisition managers at the time, so it went to his cell phone. And he answered the phones and started really building focusing on building relationships with these cash buyers and we started doing a ton of deals and pretty soon what happened was we started having more buyers than we knew than we had deals and so we started just spreading the word around to all of the investors that we knew in our in St. Louis and these were realtors investors property managers etc cetera, etc cetera. we still we now became the hedge fund you know, we became the big big boy hedge fund company in the St. Louis area that had millions of dollars burning a hole in our pockets, and we were looking for deals. 
And literally we did. We had tons and tons of buyers, lots of money behind us. We were looking for deals. So we just started sending out emails. We were not sending out emails saying, hey, we have buyers. We're looking for deals that we can wholesale to or whatever. We were just were saying, we're looking for deals in these zip codes that meet this criteria. If you have anything, send it to us. And so we were getting so many people starting to bring us deals that we stopped doing seller marketing. And we would get these under contract and we would either assign the contracts or we would buy them and flip them like with a double close. Just depended, kind of depended on the... Um, on this, on the deal, on the buyer, the seller. And it was awesome. It was amazing. So in the same discussion about finding buyers first, you've got to be really, really careful that you are not brokering unless you have a realtor's license. Okay. So you're not in the business of going out and finding deals for buyers because that's brokering, right? You're building a buyer's list. You're finding out what these guys want, right? And you're going out and looking for properties for yourself. You're looking for properties for yourself. And then you can make the decision whether you're going to really keep it and buy it for yourself or you're just going to assign your contract to somebody else. So when we advertise the, these, these deals, we were not advertising the houses. We were advertising the contracts. So there's a, that's an important distinction to make. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question or solves the debate whether you should find buyers first or find sellers first. I just know from my experience, it really helped. It made it a lot easier when we had some awesome buyers because we were able to sell these properties really, really quickly because we had such good buyers. Now, one of the other things I should say too is right about this time, I read a book called The Pumpkin Plan and everybody should read that, The Pumpkin Plan. And in there, it talked about who your ideal customer is. And you know, customers are not always right, but the right customers are always right. And the book started talking about finding your sweet spot and knowing, and part of that sweet spot in your business is knowing who your real customer is and what your customer wants. And I kind of had a revelation, an epiphany. I was like, wait a minute, sellers are not my customers. Buyers are my customers, right? So we knew that, you know what? I, I need to focus on building relationships with buyers. And the reason why we did so many deals is because we had strong relationships with these buyers. We didn't send them to a website, didn't make them jump through a bunch of hoops. We didn't just get their email address so we could email blast them properties. We wanted a relationship with them so that when they were looking for a deal, they knew that they could call us. Or even after they had bought a deal, and if the property manager flaked out, they knew they could call us and we would help them and take care of them and find a new property manager. Does that make sense? So the, the relationships are super, super key. And you should always, always be marketing for buyers. Even if you're, you're, you're only marketing for sellers and you got good buyers list right now, you should always be marketing for buyers. It's important to do that because your buyers may, you know, run out of money. They may actually, you know, find another market that they'll want to go into. So always be doing that. Let's see, was there anything else I was going to say? I don't think so. So let me know um, if you like this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to be doing these from my car. I know the audio probably isn't good. You you might have heard some of me uh, driving around. I'm actually in my, our Buick, which is a lot quieter than the Ford. And I think you'll notice the difference when I'm driving in my Ford. It's a diesel and that thing is super loud. So I'm hoping that I can do more of these audio podcasts from my car. If you like them, let me know. If it, they're too loud and obnoxious because you can't hear me good enough, let me know. All right. So go to my website, the podcast website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. 
to listen to all of our podcasts. If you're interested in getting some coaching and support from me personally, one-on-one, go to joemccall.com, joemccall.com. And somewhere on there, you should see a coaching link, or you could just go to joemccall.com slash coaching and fill out an application there. Either you and I will get on the phone or you'll talk to my business partner, Eddie. We'll get on the phone and talk. And uh, hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Comb your hair. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.